Welcome to the Spartan Underground Show, your ultimate resource for everything Spartan race training. Discover what the best SGX coaches are doing to help their clients boost performance, dominate obstacles, and get through each race burpee-free. Here is your host, Mike Diebler. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is SGX coach Mike Diebler, and you are listening to episode 17 of the Underground SGX Show. Uh, well, it's hard to believe, but the holiday season is here, and the end of the year is just around the corner, but I wanted to wish you and your family a happy holiday. I hope you're spending time with them, remembering what's important to you in your life, reflecting on the year that's just about over, and and then planning for 2017, whatever your future goals might be. Um, most likely, if you're listening to the show, improving your Spartan Race training is probably somewhere on that list. And my goal for the year is the same as it was when I started this podcast. I'm hoping that I'm helping in some way, give you some insight um, into my strategies as well as other SGX coaches on how you can improve your training, whether it's for Spartan races or just exercise in general. I hope you're getting some great tips with the show. Uh, I also want to remind you of our brand new sponsor of the show, Mobilitas, your new favorite mobility tools. Um, we are doing a giveaway. They're giving away a free mobility kit, which includes a foam roller, uh, a mobility sphere, a mobility peanut, and a carrying case for all of it. And to enter, all you have to do is just submit a post on Facebook or Instagram and use hashtag Spartan Underground, and you'll automatically be entered to win this cool gift right in time for the holiday season. Um, and if you want to learn more about Mobilitas, you can uh, check out their site at yourjointshouldnthurt.com. And you can also see it on uh, our website on spartanunderground.com slash mobility. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to let me know about, as always, feel free to email me at info at spartanunderground.com. You can also get to me on Facebook, facebook.com slash spartanunderground. Or you can check out our show notes, which for this episode, it's going to be spartanunderground.com slash episode dash 17. And you can write comments in on there as well. Plus, you'll find all of the links mentioned in today's show. Speaking of today's show, we have a great lineup for you. In this week's resource of the week, we're going to talk about Fit4, a cool uh, piece of apparel to help you, one, improve grip, and also just to improve training to reduce calluses and, and strengthen your grip on some of the crazy workouts that you might have planned for yourself. So we'll talk more about Fit4 and some of their products. Uh, in our res research of the week, research review, we're going to talk about detraining and all about what happens when you stop working out. I figured that was kind of fitting for this time of year. Holiday season usually gets a little bit crazy. Workouts usually take a little bit of a break and sometimes that's okay, but we're going to talk about how to maximize that so um, you know that you're not going to lose everything that you've worked so hard to gain. Um, so all about detraining in this week's research review. And then finally, in our SGX interview, we are with SGX coach Alicia Lopez from No Limit Sports and Fitness and Rut Camp. And we talked a lot about uh, a, a lot of different topics. She gives great insight on some strategies that she uses with her clients in Spartan Race training and just really just general fitness and, and exercise and some different strategies on how you can make this more about a lifestyle change less about a specific goal like losing weight or something like like that and just embracing everything that that fitness has to offer you so we talk a ton about that plus we, she gives some great insight on if you're planning on 
training for a hurricane heat in the upcoming year. She just finished the LA four-hour hurricane heat and gives some great insights there. Uh, we talked about that plus a lot more in this week's SGX Coach interview. Um, so I, as usual, I hope you guys love the show. Sit back and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, we are on to our resource of the week for you. And actually, this is a gift I just picked up for my wife. So, Emily, if you are listening, you probably should stop this right now, um, unless it's after Christmas, and then uh, you already know what you got, so you're okay there. But uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was up at Lake Castaic for the LA Sprint, and while my wife was running, I decided to walk around and check out the different booths there and the sponsors. And I came across Fit4, and I was talking with those guys, and uh, it seems like they have a, a lot of awesome products out there. So uh, if you haven't heard of Fit4, their, their slogan is Naked Feel Full Protection, which might sound weird, but they make workout gloves and, and different uh, support straps for exercise or racing um, uh, as well. And the ideas, and they have callus guards, gymnastic grips, workout gloves, lifting straps, a whole bunch of different products. And I actually want to get them on a future podcast so they can go into more depth on all the different products they have because it sounds like they're doing some really cool stuff for 2017, especially working with uh, Spartan and doing some Spartan branding stuff. And um, again, just some really cool products. But I at least want to talk about what I picked up because I thought it was such a handy tool. And that was a callus guard. So and if you picture the name Fit4, it's for four fingers. So you're probably familiar with workout gloves, which is a glove basically with no tips of the fingers on there. And you'll see people racing in them and, and trying to help with some, some grip. I've never been a big fan. I think they're a little bit too bulky for some of the obstacles that you're going to see. But in this case, it's almost, it's the workout glove with no fingers, but also has no hand part either. I know that sounds a little weird, but it's just going across underneath the fingers, kind of where you develop calluses if you've been working out a long time, or you maybe have gotten uh, ripped, you know, training on monkey bars or, or rope climbing and things like that. So it basically covers your most vulnerable area. Um, it just, it, it has a tight feel. And, and that was one of the drawback with, with gloves is I, I just thought it was too much. I wanted to feel what I was holding on to. So with these callus guards, you still can hold on to the rope or the bar or the rings or whatever it might be. You get extra grip protection and, and protection of your hand. So I just thought it was a, a pretty handy tool um, to one, help with your workouts because you don't want to have to miss a workout if you've just destroyed your hand and, and ripped open a callus or a blister or something like that. And now you have to take a break because um, it hurts and you don't want to get blood and all that other fun stuff all over your exercise equipment. So this is going to help protect your hands a little bit during your workouts when you are doing some of those grip intensive plans. And then you might want to uh, wear it during your, your, your uh, actual race as well for some of those um, grip type obstacles. And the cool thing is it's lightweight. It fits right on. It's going to be tight, snug, so you're not going to have anything moving around as you grab a rope or, or rings or whatever it might be. And if you're going to get wet, they're going to dry quickly. So I just thought it was a, a very handy tool um, that uh, if you're ever concerned with your grip or ripping your hands up with some of these obstacles, this might be a good, uh, good fit for you. So you don't have to worry about tape. You don't have to worry about chalk. You can just throw these gloves on. And the cool thing is they have 100% guarantee, so if you don't love their product, you can reach out to them and, and let them know and they'll, they'll refund you there. So 
If you want to check it out, you can go to fit4.com. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're interested in getting 25% off, I believe it's for the rest of the month, um, but I would use it sooner than later just to be sure, uh, you can use the code SPARTAN underscore up, and that'll get you 25% off. And again, I'll put that in the show notes uh, so you have that exact code and you can save some money on a, a cool gift for somebody or for yourself. All right, in this week's research review, I wanted to talk about detraining. Now, detraining is basically just like it sounds. You you work out, you make gains, you get stronger, more powerful, better endurance, and then you stop working out and you lose some of those gains. That would be detraining. That could be you stop working out because you just quit, you didn't like it anymore, you stop working out because you're injured, or maybe your schedule just got crazy and you had to take some time off. Whatever the reasoning is, you just stop working out and you're going to lose some of the gains that you, you've made over the, the four weeks. Um, but sometimes this is a good thing. So sometimes you do want to take some time off, like tapering, before a race. You don't want to train as hard as you can and then be spent by the time you get to the race. So you take some time off or at least very low-intensity workouts in order to maximize your performance. So that's something a little bit different. We'll, we'll talk future podcasts on tapering. This would be just... What do you do? What are some strategies to prevent detraining when you may not be able to work out all the time? And um, we've all probably experienced uh, detraining at some point. And the easiest example to give is maybe you broke an arm or a leg at some time in your life. And when they first put that cast on, it was nice and tight and snug. And then a week goes by or, or maybe even just a couple days and you notice that that cast isn't so tight anymore. And while you might want to think it's the cast stretching out, uh, more likely it is you getting smaller. So that's atrophy. You're, you're losing muscle size. Uh, there's less water in the muscle. There's less glycogen stores, but it's basically getting smaller. And then a few weeks go by or months or however long you're in the cast, and when they take it off, one side is significantly smaller than the other. So that's the effects of, of detraining where you just you can't do um, all the things that you were doing and you lose some of the, the uh, progress that you've made. Now, there's different aspects of training you might be doing. For example, you might be training more for strength. You might be training more for power, more for muscular endurance, more for cardio endurance, or more for flexibility. And now with any one of these, if you stop working out, they're all going to get worse to some degree. Uh, some are better than others. So, for example, when we look at strength, it's a little bit easier to maintain strength even after you stop exercising. Um power, on the other hand, we lose a little bit more rapidly. Same goes for muscular endurance and cardio endurance. We, we lose those things a little bit quicker when you stop working out. And um, one interesting thing is in regards to especially strength and power, when you take a group of people who work out regularly, they're trained athletes, versus a group of people who are untrained, and you put them on an exercise program for four weeks, and then you make them stop training, you'll actually see more of a decline in the trained athletes, those that have been working out previously, versus the ones who just got started. So I know that sounds weird and doesn't sound fair, but that's what makes this even more important. The, the harder you've been training and the longer you've been training, the more important it is to stay consistent because as you take more time off, you'll see faster losses, um, which is frustrating because you've worked hard to make those gains. Um, so the same goes for strength and power. With... Um, Endurance, we see loss in oxidative enzymes, and you don't have to understand what that means, but it's basically enzymes in your muscles that allow for 
your muscles to perform aerobically better. So doing more higher repeti repetition type work like squats and push-ups for, for high reps or, or even running when your muscles have to contract over and over again, that's, that's a form of muscular endurance and that gets weaker as well as cardio endurance. Things like VO2 max go down and your stroke volume and basically how efficient and effective your heart uh, beat is with pumping blood out all of those things are, are just getting getting worse and worse. And one big thing is flexibility. That's one of the quickest, quickest things we lose. So um, if you're like me, I'm, I'm not a very flexible person, so I have to work hard to make any mobility gains. And if, I, if it's something I stop doing or if I'm just inactive, I am going to lose those gains much quicker. So those are all the different things that are affected when you stop exercising. And like I mentioned, it could be for different reasons. You might have gotten hurt, or like I said, I thought it was appropriate this time of year, workouts typically aren't done as frequently as, as usual because we're, we're busy, the holidays are coming up, we're traveling maybe, or whatever it might be, um, but we're just not staying with our, our regular program there. So um, for whatever the reason, though, I wanted to give you some strategies on how to reduce the detraining effect. And I want to start with injuries because that's a tough one when you're hurt, it's harder, it's, it's harder to work out because you don't want to make that injury worse. But don't forget, you have other parts of your body that maybe aren't hurt. Now, training is uh, specific, so you get better at the, the muscles that you are training, but there is going to be a crossover, carryover effect where even if your, your legs are hurt and you train your upper body, you will help prevent some of that detraining, which is important. So yes, your legs might not be getting bigger or stronger, more powerful, but they're at least not getting weaker as quickly, which is an important thing. So train what you can is a big thing. Uh, another thing is don't forget about isometrics, right? Even low intensity isometrics or, or high intensity isometrics. So if you're hurt or maybe just don't have a lot of time and you can't get to the gym, isometrics basically just meaning you're squeezing a muscle as, uh, nice and hard, holding it for 10, 20, 30 seconds, and then relaxing and doing it again. Or, or maybe you're pushing or pulling an immovable object, right? So if you try and push a cement wall and try and knock it over, it's not going to go anywhere, but you're going to work hard. Your muscles are going to contract and stay in that position. Uh, but sometimes when you're injured, you can contract a muscle around a joint but not move the joint necessarily. So isometrics might be a, a good way that you can prevent some of these detraining. Again, you might not get super strong or see better in endurance, but you are not going to suffer from the same detraining effects as if you were to just stop training in general. Okay, so I, I want to get into two studies that I found that I think are pretty relevant here. And the first one was in the, the Journal of Gerontology in 2002, and the title was Maintenance of Whole Muscle Strength and Size Following Resistance Training in Older Men. And uh, basically what they did was they had two groups of people, so um, everybody, to start the study, three days a week, they did resistance training, and they did this for three weeks. And they measured how much stronger they got, muscle size, uh, uh, strength, all, all those things. And all of them got better, which is no surprise. An older group of, of male participants worked out for 12 weeks. They got bigger muscles and stronger. So no, no shocker there. But then what they did is they made, them, uh, they made one half of the group stop exercising completely. They just re resumed their normal life, but they weren't allowed to exercise. And then the other half, they continued with the program, but they only had allowed them to do it one day a week instead of three. So they were just, they wanted to see what was this reduced frequency going to do to the, the gains that they saw. And they did that for six months. And then they followed up and did the same measurements 
that they did after the 12-week period was over, and they had some interesting findings. So the first group that continued the strength training but only did one workout per week, they saw no change in strength, which is pretty cool. They didn't get stronger, but they didn't get any weaker. Uh, as opposed to the, the detraining group who stopped training, they uh, saw an 11% decrease in strength. And then when they looked at muscle size, the group that continued to training saw no change in muscle size, didn't get bigger, didn't get smaller. Um, again, considering they only worked out one day a week is pretty cool. Um, while the, the second group, the detraining group, saw five percent decrease in muscle size. Um, so pretty interesting how they reduced their training from three days a week to one day a week for six months. And while they didn't get any better, the group that continued training didn't get any worse, which is, is really the important thing that I want to bring up here. Now in that study, they primarily looked at an older population. And I wanted to bring up one more study to go over with you. Uh, the title of this one was Exercise Dosing to Retain Resistance Training Adaptations in Younger and Older Adults. Uh, so this is from 2011, Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise. And uh, a pretty cool study, uh, similar than the, to the previously one, previous one we, we talked about. But for here, they took uh, a group of older and younger males trained them for four months, and they did a progressive training program, but typically it was three sets, eight to 12 reps um, for each workout, uh, and they did that three days per week. Um, then after 16 weeks, they measured um, strength gains, muscle size increases, and similar to the last study, all groups saw increases there. And then they split the group up, and for the next 32 weeks, they had one group of uh, older and younger population do no more training. So they just did their regular daily living, but stopped exercising for 32 weeks. Then they had one group, uh, again, of a mixture of older and younger adults that did one third the training. So they only trained one day a week and they did kind of same thing, three sets of eight to 12 reps. And then they had a one ninth group. And here they still trained one day a week, but they only did one set of each exercise. So one set, eight to 12 reps, um, pretty much to failure, and that's all they did. So they broke it down into different levels. So no training. Uh, one group trained the normal routine. They just did it one day a week. And then one group did only one set of each exercise. And they had some pretty interesting findings. I'm going to read all the numbers and then kind of bring it back and summarize all of it. But uh, So for the, the detraining group, so the group that did not exercise at all for 32 weeks, um, the younger participants saw, on average, about a 6% loss in lean mass and about a 7% uh, decrease in strength. Uh, the older detrained participants lost a little over 7% lean mass and uh, about 10% in strength. So they saw pretty big uh, decreases in both muscle size and muscle strength. Uh, the the one-third group, so the group that did the normal workout but only one day a week, the younger participants lost 0.2% of lean body mass, so not much at all, and actually still saw an increase in 9% of overall strength. The older subjects in that group lost uh, almost 3% lean mass and 5.9% uh, in strength, or I'm sorry, increased 5.9% in strength. And then in the final group, the one that just did the one set one time per week, the younger participants lost 1.5% uh, lean mass, but still saw an increase of 7.5% uh, in strength. And the older subjects lost, on average, 2.6% uh, uh, loss in lean mass and still a, a 
almost 6% increase in strength. So um, I think those numbers probably explain what, what they saw in this study, but uh, either younger or older, it, when they stopped training for 32 weeks, they saw a very significant loss in lean muscle mass and a very significant decrease in strength, which is probably no surprise. They got smaller muscles and weaker when they stopped training. It is interesting to note that the older subjects lost more muscle mass and more strength uh, more rapidly than the younger population did. Um, but even in the group that did uh, just one training day a week, they they did see uh, pretty much insignificant for the younger population. But even the older population, less than 3% loss in lean mass, but both groups still saw a significant increase in strength. And even just doing one set of an exercise per week, even though they did lose some muscle mass, they still gain some strength there. So what does this all mean? Uh, um, hopefully it's kind of clear that well, one, as I mentioned, taking time off might be the right choice to help um, help you just recover if you've been training hard for a long time or help you peak. And sometimes we have that mentality that when you're taking time off that you're just withering away or you're, you're getting weaker or you're losing all of your strength and power. Well, if, if you do that for an extended period of time, a couple weeks, you will start to see some decreases. But if it's a couple days, it's all in your head. It's really not going to make... Uh, that much of a difference, but I at least wanted to give you a little strategy here, especially for the holidays. If you're finding you just can't get to the gym as often as you'd like, you still have a lot of options. If you can just get in one day a week, you're going to see a lot of benefits. And if you only have maybe 10, 15 minutes, if you can just do your normal routine that you typically do, but just do one set of everything versus maybe two, three, or four, or however many sets you, you normally do, just cut it down to one set, do one hard set, and you're still going to be able to maintain um, your strength, maintain your, your endurance uh, and your power. And uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, we know what things tend to be lost quickest, and that would be your endurance and your flexibility. So if you know you're not going to be able to work out as much as normal, maybe focus on those areas if that's more of your problem areas. Uh, so make sure you stay up on your flexibility. Make sure you focus more on endurance because you'll be able to hang on to your strength a, a little bit longer and then the other thing I just wanted to mention quickly that we saw in that second study, there is a difference if you're older or if you're younger. So if you're younger, you can get away with a lot more. You can take more time off um, or back off your workouts, and you won't see as fast of a decrease in some of these training adaptations that we talked about. But unfortunately, if you are older, so I hate to put an age number on it, but if you are 40 plus, 50 plus, you are going to be at more of a disadvantage and you're going to lose some of these gains even faster. So um, you don't have the same amount of luxury. But we saw even one day a week for an older population can still get a lot of benefit and reduce some of that, that detraining. Um, but just so you know, decreasing the frequency for too long, older population is going to see more detriment in their, in their programs from that. But that being said, with the holiday season coming up, make sure you do spend time enjoying other things. And if you take a break from your training, it's okay. You're going to survive. And most likely you're going to hit 2017 even stronger. But if you're worried about it, you know, just get one day a week of training, maybe two. Focus on your weakest areas and um, you should be good to go for when you're ready to resume your training again. All right, guys, I am here with another awesome SGX coach interview. Today, I'm with coach Alicia Lopez. 
uh, to help you get some insight into how she trains to help you improve your Spartan race training. A little bit more about Alicia. Uh, with a mission to inspire and motivate others to live a healthy and meaningful life, Alicia has worked with adults and kids in the health and sports industry for the past two decades. She currently serves as the founder and owner of No Limits Sports and Fitness Academy, a 16,000 square foot, that's right, 16,000 square foot sports and fitness training facility and Rise Up Training based in Signal Hill, California. All right, Alicia, thank you so much for joining me today. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I feel honored and uh, to be on your show. So, so thank you for the invite. Oh, anytime. I know this is going to be a good one. Um, but let's just start for those that haven't heard from you. Um, just let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, Spartan race training and, and OCR training. Well, um, I've been in the fitness industry for about 17 years and started off in college uh, working at the rec center. And uh, I have uh, two businesses, one called No Limits Sports and Fitness Academy, it's a 16,000-square-foot training facility where we do personal training, boot camp, group training. Um, we have massage, acupuncture, and so forth. Um, and our um, obstacle course training program is called RUT Camp, which stands uh, for Rise Up Training. And so uh, we have, uh, you know, that program within our uh, big location. Um, and essentially how I got started in racing was uh, through one of my boot camp students, uh, by the name of Jamie Diaz. And so, uh, you know, my background, I, I competed is, uh, done some triathlons, but competed in, uh, cycling. And so criterium racing. And once I had children, um, I have two baby boys. They're not babies anymore. They're three <laughs> years old, <laughs> but, uh, they're still my babies and they're three years old. I, I really, you know, crashing at about 25 to 30 miles an hour was not a great thing for a new mom. And so really had to pick up a new sport. And, uh, and so that's where my client, Jamie, introduced me to Spartan races. And I had no idea what they were. And uh, even though I had done lots of running, lots of conditioning on the bike, my first race was definitely quite an experience, a, a joyful experience, you know, because it was four students and myself that went on this adventure. But uh Man, that was, you know, it's either you love a Spartan or you hate a Spartan. I actually <laughs> fell in love with it. Yes. Nice. Can you remember your first one? Was that like that for you? Oh, exactly. I mean, I went in knowing really nothing. It was kind of the same thing. <laughs> a couple of clients were, were asking me if I heard about it. And I'm like, not really. I think you get muddy, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. And then I went out there, did it with my wife. We did it together. And I, I did lots of burpees. I, I could admit it. <laughs> and, um, but as soon as we got done, it was like, wow, that was unique. I loved it, and I know I could have done better if I was just a little bit prepared. Yeah, so it was like yes. instant, instantly hooked on it. <laughs> yeah, I had that same feeling. I was in love. I was like, that was one of the most hardest things done. But I fell in love with it. It was like being a kid again, and you know that's what just really attracted me to. You know, this is something that I would love to get more people involved and I would actually, and as you mentioned, you said you knew that you could do better because it was your first one. You had no experience. I wasn't even wearing the right shoes. I kept slipping. Um, I, I had shorts on. I was bruised and scratched up. But once I jumped over that fire pit, I was like, oh man, I got to do this again. And yes, I want to smash it. I want to come back. And so I fell in love with uh, with Spartan races and OCR racing. Yeah, and I have to mention just because you said uh, shoes, 
I remember my first, <laughs> actually my first couple races, I basically signed up when I needed a new pair of sneakers, I felt like. So I was basically <laughs> just running in running shoes, trash yes. them, throw them out at the end of the race, get my next exactly. pair. <laughs> so not, yes. not a very good, I wouldn't recommend doing that. It, it can yeah, be expensive no. <laughs> after a while. But, uh, no, but, but yeah, we were just totally unprepared. And, but, you know, it didn't take away from the fact about how much fun we had and, and just you know, it leaving a great experience, you know, within our, our mind. So. Well, awesome. Um, well, I'd love to dig a little bit into how you, you train at your facility uh, specifically with your, your rut camp, um, and kind of the, the mentality that you like to teach your, your clients. Yeah. Rut camp. So it sends it's, it's rise up training. And so my business partner, uh, Timmy Cordova, her background's in running. So she's an avid runner, a great runner, and so two of us, we met through friends, through mutual friends, because she has twins as well. And so they said, you have to meet. You guys are both athletes, you know, so come together. We, we hit it off at dinner. She had her babies. We had our babies. And we're like, man, this is a great fit. We should really, you know, start something um, at our facility. And that's how, um, you know, I did my first race. And I told her about obstacle course racing. And she's like, that would be something I'd love to do. And so we kind of just, you know, had a meeting of minds and, and from there it kind of just has grown into rise up training and rise up training. What that stands for is just to rise up each morning and be your greatness, you know, rise up to any occasion, rise up to conquering any obstacle, just rise up to be better. And so that is our whole mission is to just take anybody that is looking to start a fitness program. You know, it's not just about losing weight to, to look better, um, but to really, uh, go after your life's dreams and, and be your greatness and use fitness as your vehicle to get you there. That's awesome. And I, I think a lot of coaches are, that's one of the reasons they were drawn to Spartan race training or, or obstacle course racing in general, because we're, we're so inundated with weight loss goals and, and the pressure to help people lose the weight. And it, it just how our society is, it gets so much caught on, on your appearance, how you look mm -hmm. and which, you know, I, that's fine. And it's, it's sure great to want to be in a, at a healthy weight. And I'm sure all the coaches out there love helping their clients reach those weight loss goals. But the neat thing with obstacle course race training, it gives us a, a secondary goal that can almost take over and you almost forget about that weight loss for a little bit, or at least kind of put it on the back burner and it's funny how some people, they, when they finally let go of that and they're still training hard and we're still teaching them to eat properly, but all of a sudden the weight stops dropping a little bit easier because they've kind of let go of that stress and kind of almost distracted them a little bit with, with this type of training. Absolutely. And, and like I say, it's like the cherry on the top of the Sunday. It's going to happen. You know, if, if you're training, you're, you're putting in the work to prepare for an obstacle race. And, you know, it's not the easiest thing. And, and I say that to clients, you know, it's not going to be easy, but that's a great thing. That's one of the challenges you need to overcome, like as in life, you know, you, you just have to be ready for the challenge. And I, I like to tell my clients, uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's what's going to make you grow as an individual in, in fitness and in life. And so, you know, yes, the, the weight loss will come, just being healthy will come, you know, and just having fun ultimately. Yeah. And, and we, we've talked about that on this podcast in previous episodes on the importance of being 
uncomfortable where it's it's so easy to stay in your comfort zone. And mm-hmm. I use myself as an example with this podcast. We were, we were talking a little bit before we, we started this interview, and I'm not a professional interviewer, and this is not something I ever really thought I'd be doing, but I thought, hey, you know, I'm going to get the chance to interview all these coaches and, you know, being a little selfish, it's going to make me a better coach learning what all these other coaches are doing. I'm going to be able to help my clients better and I'm going to just grow from this, but I have to put myself out there and and contact people and, and do the work. And it's the same thing. People want to do the same thing. They'll get on the treadmill and, and walk or run or do the same thing over and over again because they know it and they're comfortable with it. And exactly. That's the cool thing with you go to a, a Spartan race and you think you, you got it down and then all of a sudden there's something new or a little twist <laughs> yeah. on it. And you, you yes. Got, you're going to get uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. I did my first hurricane heat uh, this past Saturday and that was that uncomfortable zone. And and I put myself in that position because, again, like I said, I, I have to be the leader here. And, you know, if I, I have to speak what I say, you know, so if I'm telling my students to get uncomfortable, then I, I have to do the same. And so, you know, joining the hurricane heat, I was just like, you know, I was afraid to sign up because I'm like, man, that's some pretty brutal stuff. Like, you know, am I ready? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Maybe, you know, and I was having those second thoughts. And then I met Cookie, one of the um, coaches. And I'm like, oh, man, he's brutal. He's hardcore. But I needed that in my life to say, you know what? Yeah, get, get uncomfortable. You, you need this. This will be good for you. And, and don't think negative. Don't think that, you know, it's something that you can't handle. You know, the first step, like, you know, it's always said is that just signing up is a first step, you know. Yeah. Sign up. That's the hardest thing to do. And then once you get there, we'll get you prepared. Yep. And then you have that deadline. And now it's just yes. get it done. Get um, it done. You know, it, since you you brought that up and it's it's fresh in your mind, we actually haven't talked about any of the hurricane heats on this show, and I'd love to kind of get your feedback. I, I have not taken <laughs> that leap yet. It's something that I do want to do. I just I have not signed up yet, um, but I know it is something I want to do. Um, but maybe you could just provide some insight um, on just kind of what to expect. I'm sure they're all a little bit different, but maybe how how differently you're going to have to prepare for something like that. Sure, absolutely. It was. Uh... So definitely it's focused on teamwork, how to work as a team. So when you're racing, you know, if uh, for some individuals I know, um, just sign up for a race and they're out there on their own. And, you know, we really like to connect with newbies and, and just anybody that wants to participate, participate in the Spartan or OCR event, you know, we're always welcoming them to our community. Um, but for the hurricane heats, they really encourage teamwork. And, and what they really drilled in is, is how to listen. And honestly, I was quite amazed about how many, we had 145 people in our group and I was amazed about how many people just couldn't listen. And when we (laughs) didn't listen, woo, we paid for it big time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so it really made me think and reflect on, you know, what I got to work on as an individual and, and, and things where, you know, it's really a mental, you know, physically, yes, you have to be in shape. So I would encourage people you know, to have a consistent program where they're doing push-ups, they're doing squats um, and pulling activities because it is very demanding on the body. But at the end of the day, what these events are about is how much mental strength you have. And it was interesting for me to find out where, you know, I was being defeated at times because I was just getting so angry. Like some of these people, they just talked and were joking around and we'd have to pay for that. So, I mean, we were you know, doing a squat position, holding a bucket for minutes at a time and your legs are on fire. Mm. 
and, and the coach is just saying like, get it together, like be quiet, be quiet. And people still won't get it. And you're just like, you know, and I'm getting angry and I'm like, have some self-control because like in life, people are going to get, you know, you're going to have negative situations. You're going to have negative people or circumstances and you can't let that get to you. In the mental aspect of it, you know, if, if someone is looking to, to take their, their level in the, uh, of training in life to the next level, I definitely recommend a hurricane heat. Um, you'll learn a lot about yourself. Like I said, you know, if you think you're fit now, you know, definitely, um, try it because it is physically demanding. So I wouldn't recommend someone that's a newbie that has never tried obstacle racing or maybe done one or two races. Um, unless they're uh, competing in the, uh, in the elite or competitive heats, I would say jump in, but it definitely takes some training because they will put you in position where you're suffering. You, you, it's called the suck, you know, basically suck it up. That's what they, <laughs> <laughs> they say to you. So yeah. you got to learn how to suck it up a lot. Yeah, you and I, I mean, with that many people, I, I have to imagine the mix of personalities you get makes it hard uh, to for some to listen or for some to communicate. Um, mm-hmm. So that's got to be a huge challenge, especially if you're being, you know, punished in some way for not working out as a team. So that's a that's a huge obstacle right there. Yes, and and then just they put you in positions, you know, where you have to carry some heavy stuff, and in your team you have to communicate and talk and how to maneuver and carry stuff. And, and this isn't just walking down the road. This is up hills. They like to torture you. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, 50 shades of Spartan. I, I don't know if I can say that, but it was just brutal. Oh, it I was, bet. I mean, it was, it was like, they love throwing down the pain and it was just, you have to get out of your mind and just, and just do it. And, and so some people couldn't handle that. Some could, and you know, when they couldn't, you know, you paid as a team for sure. Yeah. And is it something where people like they will stop or they'll quit or you don't let that happen? How does that work with, especially with so many people, I have to imagine some sign up and have no clue what they're getting into. (laughs) Yes. Well, for the, for the four hour event, it's just a taste of what, you know, it's like the hors d'oeuvre of, of all the endurance events. So it gives you a taste of what, you know, the 12 hour, will be and a goji. Um, and so, you know, everybody again, uh, finished and completed, uh, this event, um, because again, it's based around teamwork and, um, you know, the wars ethos. And so, um, you're never to leave anybody. So everybody did complete the event, which was really awesome and exciting. Nice. However, for the 12 hour event, I heard only about 10% out of, I think 89 people that signed up oh, wow. completed. Yeah. Yeah. And that was on Sunday. So, you know, that one is definitely a lot more challenging and yes, they will get you to quit. Wow. So, yeah. And, and when you're, when you're doing something for that long, obviously that's a physical challenge, but mentally you just have to be bulletproof to, to make it, make it through all the way through that. Sure. Yes. And that's, I'm prepping for that now for January 29th. Nice. Um, myself and the coach, um, we're, we're going to train for that. And then if people are interested, the hundredth, um, um, anniversary there for the hurricane heat is happening on the 28th. And so we will be offering some trainings here for individuals to, to get ready for that four hour event. So awesome. Really exciting. Yes. Cool. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put a link in our show notes uh, to that uh, so they can get more information and, and find out about that. Um, cool. 
So um, I'm sure there's a lot of things you're going to be doing, but do you have any like quick maybe (laughs) tips or or strategies that if if somebody is going to attempt, you know, the four hour or or even the 12 hour that you you would might mention, say, hey, you really should work on on this or that? Honestly, a lot of core work, back work, (laughs) um, upper body strength and just doing a lot of push-ups and squats. You can do, if you don't have access to a gym or facility like ours that have actual obstacle course, um, you know, uh, items available, you know, just at home, just make sure you're doing your conditioning, getting, you know, solid training program in and that you're eating well, taking care of your body. And then just doing like your basic squats, push-ups, any pulling activities, um, and, uh, and maybe some speed and conditioning work if you have a hill or track that you could do some speed work. But you definitely have to be conditioned. You have to be physically fit. You can't go in there deconditioned because, honestly, they'll make you pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so you don't want that. You want to be able to, you know, be able to have a strong body where you're not going to hurt yourself because that's the last thing you want to do is hurt yourself. Oh, definitely. And so, um, but what I noticed for sure, you're carrying a lot of stuff. So work on any, this goes for Spartan races too. Have a strong core, have a strong back. I know some people, they neglect those areas, you know, your midsection and your back, Mm -hmm. but really, you know, that is, that is the core of your body. It has to be strong or you're going to suffer from low back pain and you have the, um, the possibility of injuring yourself. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for, for sharing those things. Um, oh, no worries. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I haven't haven't signed up yet, um, but I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it, and I'm trying to convince my wife yes. to, to, uh, to do it with me. Um, but I will let you know for sure. Uh, awesome. I want to go back something. You, you brought up your kids, and I, I have two kids as well, and I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are in the same boat. And you mentioned that it is a little bit of a – that's an obstacle within itself to, <laughs> to get your training, to be a parent. Uh, to run a business, all these different things. How do you seem to put it all together? Oh, wow. You know what? It's not the easiest thing. And, you know, being a parent, but it is a blessing. And, you know, having twins, it's it's a challenge in itself. But, you know what? Honestly, what I've had to do is just really be disciplined in my days. You know, you know I have two businesses, you know, children. Uh, my fiance. And then on top of that, you know, I have to make myself happy. And what I love doing is racing. I love to compete at the Spartan races and OCR events. And so, you know, I have a pretty grueling schedule for competing. I compete in the elite categories and, you know, so I'm up, I'm up usually four 30. Um, I'm up, I get up to train. I do actually, before I even go to my training, I do my reading um, I do my meditation. Then I go train. I listen to my podcast because I'm all about growing um, myself and, and, and just being centered as a person. Because if you're not centered and you're not happy as a person, you can't give back to others. And so I firmly believe in taking care of yourself. And so once I get back at about 630, my babies are up and then it's in mama mode. And, and so I'm getting them ready. I'm cooking them breakfast and, and then um, they're off to school. And so, um, then I go to work, get another training in, and then at four 30, picking them up and, um, you know, it starts back on mommy mode. So, you know, for those individuals that are parents out there, I, I get it. It's hard. It's challenging, but you do have to take care of yourself. Cause honestly, there was a point in my life where I wasn't taking care of myself. I, I neglected my fitness. I neglected my eating. And I just felt like I wasn't a good parent just because I was just, 
I was just trying to get by in my days. And so I firmly believe in working out and what it does for you and, and how it makes you feel. And so when I work out, I just, I have all that energy to give back to my children and, and my fiance. Uh, cause I'll tell you in days I'm just feeling overwhelmed with the business and I don't get a good workout. I'm just not happy. And so I, I don't want to feel like that. And so I don't know if you ever have days like that, but Oh, absolutely. It is hard. Yeah. 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 I, I turn into a different person. I'm like an ogre when I don't work out and I'll take <laughs> it out on everybody. So I, I yes. for, the, for the sake of everybody else, they make sure I get my workout in. So I don't, I don't. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I think that's such, such a simple, well, I say simple, but um, a strategy that everybody can do is, is get up early. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, I know it's hard. I mean, I, I am not a morning person, but the days I get up early before everybody else and, and get something done. Now, maybe it's a workout. Maybe it's I'm going to get a little work done before everybody else is up or, or whatever it might be. But if you can start your day with like one check mark on your to-do list mm -hmm. before anybody is even up, that's such a, a big head start that you have. And then you can turn back into parent mode and cook breakfast or get them to school or whatever you need to do. And then get to work, get your training done, whatever it might be. But I, I think just like you said, having you know, having your priorities and, you know, you're not giving up one thing. You're just making time for, for everything. And, you know, I like how you said, taking care of yourself, right? It's like, I'm sure everybody on here listening has flown on a plane where they tell you to um, put your own mask on first and then assist others. Because mm, if, yes. if you're passed out, then everybody, you know, your whole family is screwed because you can't mm -hmm. help them. And I, exactly. that's, that's kind of what we have to do is take care of yourself so you can take care of other people. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, awesome. Um, let's get into uh, just some things on training, because uh, I know you have uh, a unique business and a unique training style. Um, so let's say we have somebody that's just getting started and whether it's for a Spartan race or maybe just trying to get get in shape, they're not not sure exactly what their goals are yet. What are some strategies or, or tips or basically things you'd want them to know to to at least get started with on their on their, their program, their, their health lifestyle, all of those things. Oh, wow. Yeah. First thing I recommend, and usually any newbie that comes within this program, uh, we just say, find find a buddy, you know, and, or find a community, you know, and that's where I can really rave about our community. We have some great people and, and these are just such awesome human beings. And that, you know, you, it's, it's like, I love being here at the gym so much. It's like, it is my second home, and I love surrounding myself around these people because they're such great people. So if you can find someone that, you know, loves fitness, you can find a community that is very supportive, that would be the first step because, that one, they're going to keep you accountable, and, two, it's just going to be a fun place to be. And if it's somewhere fun and you love going there, there's going to be no doubt, you're, you know, when you have to wake up in the morning to go work out, you're going to get up because it's so much fun and you love being there. And so that would be my first, you know, words of advice to a, a new person. And then secondly, I always encourage people, find a goal. Um, find a goal that's going to challenge you and get you outside your comfort zone. So if we have a newbie, you know, within our program, whether it be boot camp or rut camp, you know, we say, you know, sign, look up for, you know, maybe you start off with a, a 5K or a mile run. Um, or an obstacle race, a mud event, whatever it may be, but just have something to work towards, you know? So when you have a goal, you're going to put in the training because you know, you have to be ready for that, that event. And so, you know, that would be my, my second tip. And then, um, third, I would just say, you know, uh, 
um, find, you know, if, you know, use an app on a phone or, uh, if you have like a Fitbit, a, a heart rate monitor, something like that to really help you with your training to kind of fine tune. So you have data. I believe in data. You know, I've been an athlete my whole life and, and I like, um, receiving that feedback to know whether I'm getting better, I'm getting worse. Am I tired? Am I overtrained? Um, but for newbies, it's a great thing to have because you're able to see where you started and where you've come to. And so having that information is just valuable for you to, um, you know, show progress in, in your training program. So those would be my tips. Awesome. Those, those are great. And, uh, just to kind of work backwards, um, yeah, I think technology is making this pretty easy for us to track a lot of things that were, were difficult before, um, but that so many people are kind of working out in the dark where they just hit the gym, you know, and something's better than nothing. They're, they're exercising and getting their heart rate up, and, and, and that's good, but they have no idea if they're getting better, right? It's like, well, maybe I did a little bit heavier weight or I did a couple more reps, um, but there's so many good ways that you can track, you know, whether it's your, your food, your water, your workouts, um, your steps. And it's, it's great to know where you are now and where you want to be and are you on the right path. And, and that's where a good coach or a, a training facility comes in handy because they'll tell you where you are. You don't have to guess and they'll help <laughs> you get to exactly where you want to be. Exactly. Yes. And we have a system here. So when our clients train, it, it shows their heart rates on the system. So they know exactly what training zone they're in. They know how many calories they're burning. And the cool thing, what I like is that on my phone, I have an app. I can basically see if someone is working consistently throughout the week. So if I have someone on a training plan and, and they come in, they say, coach, something's just not working. I can take a look in my phone and say, okay, let's look at your training plan that you've been doing for the week. I can see all their data. I can see where their heart rates are. I can see if they're overtraining, undertraining. So it's pretty awesome system that we have set up here. That, that's really cool. Is that just for clients that you have physically there, or is that some something anybody can can do if they want to work with you? Absolutely no. Um, it, they it's it's here for inside the facility, but then we also have our online clients that are prepping for races um, can use the same system. And like I said, that's the beauty of technology. You don't have to live in the same city or state. Basically, we have a client. Um, on the East coast. And, and I could still see her data and give her feedback. And she's actually going to be prepping for her first race, her first Spartan, uh, for next year. So it's pretty awesome stuff. That's really cool. And, and again, I'll get that, that link from you, uh, to put in our show notes in case anybody wants to, to check it out and, and, uh, learn more about that. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, let's see, I, I wanted to finish up. We just have a couple more minutes here. Um, I just want to do a, a couple kind of rapid fire questions at you. Uh, so what do you think are the biggest mistakes people make when they uh, start training for a, a Spartan race? Oh man. Um, I think they underestimate the difficulty of the event and not saying, you know, it's anybody can do it. I firmly believe that, that anybody can do it. I've taken students that, uh, you know, that were extremely overweight to, to individuals that had very little mobility have completed the race. But I think oftentimes some people, which is good, they sign up, but they don't do the preparation for the event. They just show up thinking, oh, I work out, it's going to be a piece of cake. Well, you know, it can be, but it can also be pretty dangerous just because you, you know 
some of the obstacles are, are pretty high. Um, you need some skills in terms of climbing over things, picking up stuff. So, you know, I would definitely recommend that you at least put in some training and prep yourself for the event. Don't just show up. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, you can potentially hurt someone else, but, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to hurt yourself. And we see a lot of sprained ankles, messed up shoulders. And, and so, you know, just just prepare for the event. If you're going to sign up, prepare for it and, and do your due diligence. Nice. Yeah. And it's, you know, showing up is half the battle. We've, we've heard that before, which, which is yes. true, but <laughs> the other half is pretty <laughs> brueling if, if you don't do anything else besides showing up. Yes. Awesome. Um, so what is your uh, favorite obstacle? Oh man, I, I love them all, but my <laughs> favorite is, uh, because it's challenging is a multi-rig. Nice. Yeah. The multi-rig. So this past weekend I was on that and I've been using some new products for my face. It's really funny. <laughs> I've been using new products for my face and my hands have become so soft and just like really <laughs> nice. And I was climbing on the rig and normally my hands are pretty rough because I'm doing, you know, rut camp, I'm doing CrossFit, I'm doing rock climbing. And I love the roughness of my hands because I'm, I know my fiance doesn't, but, but it helps <laughs> in gripping stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, gripping this past week on the rig was difficult. I made it across, but I'm like, why am I struggling? It's, you know, just the, the, my hands are just too beautiful now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great tip there. Be aware of your beauty products. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, no, but some people, a... some people wear gloves though. I, I prefer having my hands to feel and grip. I, I you know, I, I don't like gloves, but you know, some people, you know, lay the love gloves. So it's really just a preference. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was there up there this weekend as well. And it was kind of a brutal stretch of uh, when you got to the top of that hill where it was the multi-rig. Yes. The sled, uh, the, the hoist, the Z wall, uh, the monkey bars, I think were all like bang, 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 bang. Yes. And right I remember, back. I think the monkey bars were last and I felt like I couldn't open my hand. It was like the uh -huh. weirdest thing. Like, I don't know if my forearms are cramping up, but I made it through everything, but I just remember it felt like my hands were asleep as I was going through that. Like I just couldn't feel them anymore. And I was luckily powering through, but <laughs> that's what, you know, that's what I'm saying. You never know, like monkey bars are not usually a challenge, but if they put it in just the yes. wrong place, you know, it's not what you expect. Exactly. And that's the beauty of obstacle course racing. If you're running hard and you know, you're fatigued and then here comes an obstacle that you're just not ready for it. Yeah. It really challenged you just physically, mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, which one I'll, I'll mention one more that I love was at the, in Lake Tahoe at the, uh, the world championships was, uh, what's it called? The um, it was like the monkey, it was chain monkey bars. What was that called? I totally, fr I, uh, my mind just drew a blank. Was um, it, um, like the ape, ape hang one where you climb the rope and then go to the monkey bars? Or, or was uh, this, it like this a, one, no this was just all chain it was like a monkey bars but made out of chains and it was uh it was pretty awesome okay and, cool and I, I wasn't up at tahoe this this year so i, I missed i'll remember that. the name when we finish but yeah. yeah that was a pretty awesome obstacle awesome cool uh how about lee's favorite lee's favorite uh Honestly, you know, the ones I've been hating lately are the walls that you have to go under and get wet. <laughs> oh, the dunk walls. Yeah. The dunk wall. And the reason being is um, I've, I've cramped up. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I guess, you know, just being so hot and then jumping in the cold water, 
it, it just has cramped me these these last few times. And and it you know it, Paula really uh, really just got me good. I, I cramped as soon as I jumped in that water mm-hmm. or tried to get out of that water. I'm like, oh, this isn't happening now. Please don't let this be happening. But, you know, you never know come race day what could happen. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that same race, I noticed the same exact thing where I hit that water and came out and it was just serious cramping. And luckily it was, <laughs> it was closer to the end. So yes. it wasn't much further to go. But those cramps aren't fun no matter where you, you get them. <laughs> no. no, it was just, especially seizing up in the water, you're like, how the heck am I going to get out now? <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, when it's all muddy and you're falling back, yeah. But that's yeah, what they like no to fun. do to mess with you. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Was So just some final last words. Was there anything I, I, I forgot to ask you or I should have asked you that you wanted to share or any other final words? You know what? No, I, I just believe that everybody you know, should try a Spartan race and and give it a go just because you, what you will feel at that finish line. It's amazing thing. Once you draw, you know, uh, jump over that fire pit, it's a great feeling. It's going to challenge you in ways you probably didn't expect. And so I would encourage anybody, whether, you know, there's someone that is just basically sitting on the couch and is thinking for the new year to start a program, you can do it. But like I said, just put in the training, find a community. And, and, And at the end of the day, the whole point of just being fit and being healthy is, is just to be your greatness. And, and we'll always say that is, you know, be your greatness day after day and, and strive for that and, and go for your goals and dreams. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll include all the links that you mentioned in the show notes. But um, if, if somebody wants to follow you or, or get a hold of you, what might be the best way? Uh, they can go to our Facebook, look at rutcamp.com or um, No Limits Sports and Fitness. And I'm, my name is Coach Alicia, and, and I'm here to inspire and motivate others to be their best. All right. Awesome, Coach. Thank you so much again for coming on. I know people are going to get a ton of info from this. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate your time. All right. All right, guys. That's going to do it for Episode 17 of the Underground SGX Show. Uh, special thanks to SGX Coach Alicia Lopez for sharing her tips and strategies. Hopefully you can apply some of those things right away to improve your training. Also, another thanks to our sponsor, Mobilitest. And don't forget about their giveaway. If you want to win a free mobility kit, all you have to do is post a picture of your favorite mobility exercise on Facebook or Instagram. Use the hashtag Spartan Underground and you'll automatically be entered uh, to win the mobility kit. And as always, don't forget, give us a rating. Let me know how we're doing. And uh, give us a rating in iTunes or however you might be listening to the show. We would love your feedback so we can make sure we're answering all the questions and uh, focusing on the things you guys want to learn about. Uh, That's it. Again, happy holidays, and we will see you next time.